take our Bibles, if you will, and turn to the book of Joshua, chapter number 11, and we'll read verse 15 as a beginning verse. Now, we've been preaching uh, on the subject of our inheritance, of course, learning to live in the land. Uh, Jesus, or Joshua, said to the children of Israel, you've not passed this way uh, heretofore. And truly, the Christian life is one step at a time. Uh, Jeremiah said, it's not within man to direct his own steps. And we don't have the ability to figure this life out. He didn't give it to us. Uh, but he did give us faith to believe him. Uh, every step of the journey, that's what the Christian life uh, is about. And of course, he's given us a wondrous and wonderful inheritance as he did the children of Israel. But I'll tell you, just as real as that physical inheritance was to the children of Israel, that land of promise, so is our inheritance in Christ, the fullness uh, that we possess in the Christian life. And of course, when we speak of that inheritance, we're talking about realizing the rest that we have in Christ, enjoying our experiences in Christ, inhabiting our inheritance in Christ, and possessing our possessions that we have in Christ. I saw a humorous commercial here a few months back. It showed a boy walking out on the street, and there was a motorcycle there, a real nice motorcycle. He caught another girl's, pretty girl's eye, and he wanted to impress her as if that motorcycle was his. He just stood over, and she walked up, and he started talking about the motorcycle and how nice it was and everything, implying that it was his. Well, about that time, somebody else walked out of the store and got on the motorcycle and drove off. He said, what about the crime rate? I mean, here we are standing right here and somebody has come right along and steal your motorcycle. And uh, I, I got to thinking about that and uh, how that boy made the comments as if the motorcycle was his, but it was stolen. And I thought about the Christian life. We talk and preach and sing of great things that we have in our inheritance in Christ, but we live like somebody stole it. And it ain't really ours. And I'm here to tell you, we can't blame anyone else if we're not, I mean, if we're not enjoying the inheritance that is ours. I like the song that says, I'm living now in Canaan, where the fruit so richly grows, where the saints are all rejoicing, and the milk and honey flows. That's what God has for His children. But we've noticed that if you're going to learn to live in the inheritance that we have in Christ, and that's exactly what it is, now you're going to have to learn to live in the geography of, of the uh, Christian life, the ups and the downs, and learning that He's Lord of the land. It is His land, thank God. Then we noticed last night we're going to have to learn to come through the, the graveyards of the Christian life. Realize that death is only the channel by faith through which God leads us into victory. It's not something we're to be afraid of and run from and fear, but we're to realize that all real, genuine, resurrected life has to come through an experience of death. And thank God, for faith can lead us through that door so that we can go to the higher planes of our inheritance. But as I've been reading the book of Joshua and comparing it to the Christian life, 
I realize that this matter of being in Christ and this matter of our inheritance, much like the children of Israel, is not one of guesswork. It's not one of which the Lord leads us to the door of it and then says, have at it and and, uh, just do what you want to, where you want to, and I'll see you on the other side. But I believe that uh, the inheritance of the Christian life must, much like the children of Israel, is one of which we have to be guided through. This land is a land of instruction. And uh, the word that I want to emphasize in this matter of guidance, of which the Lord leads us every step of the way, I want to emphasize what Joshua emphasizes. The word that he uses 49 times is the word command. And can I say to you that the fullness and the joy of the Christian life has to be guided by the commands of God. There are those guiding, thank God for His Word that's given to us, and the commands that are within it that are not grievous to the children of God, but they're a blessing to us because we can see what the commands kept us out of and what the commands have taken us into and how blessed that those commands have guided us along the journey. As a matter of fact, if you go back to Joshua chapter number 1, he begins this journey with Joshua, telling him that it's a command. He said in verse 7, O be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Verse 10, Then Joshua commanded the officers, and I could go on reading, Uh, through the book of Joshua at the commands that are given uh, throughout this this promised land. He said, Joshua, I'm leading you in. But we get in there, you've got to pay attention to the commands I give you. You can't go in there and just do your own thing. Uh, This is not a Chinese fire drill. Uh, This is not where everybody does everything off cord and out of sync. But if you're going to make it through this land, everybody's going to have to tune in to the commands that I give. And if you'll hear those commands, if you obey those commands, if you'll march by those commands, uh, then you'll enjoy the inheritance. But if you don't, even though you're a Christian, you're going to have a miserable experience from here to glory. And so we got to realize the importance of these. Somebody said, well, I'm saved, and that's all there is to it. Well, I've met a lot of miserable saved people who were genuinely, I believe, saved. And uh, they lined up with the command of salvation, but they've been a buck and a kicking all along the way. They've been trying to do their own thing. They've been listening from no commands from heaven, and uh, I'll tell you, it's been hell on earth for them. It's a miserable condition. And so, if they're going to make it in this land with all of these forces that we preached on last night, all of these giants and all these kings, uh, if they're going to make it, they're going to have to listen for the commands that uh, will guide them. And so, I want us to look at this thought of commands. I I remember uh, my wife's brother telling me about going to a portion of Russia to bear hunt, those, those big old brown grizzly bears. 
He did uh, kill one, shipped it back, uh, and that thing, I've seen it many times, it's 10 feet tall. I mean, got claws on it like that, one swipe, and it just cut you to smithereens. But he said when they got in there, they, they said, now we're going to hunt. I'm talking about the guides that took them in. They gave them some certain commands and uh, some certain terms. And if they were going to make it and survive this dangerous hunt uh, and have a good time, they was going to have to all obey the commands. Uh, one of the things was they couldn't just roam off by themselves. Uh, they had to stay together or they'd get lost. And if they got lost, they'd become bait uh, to some humongous beast or bear. Uh, they had to stay a certain distance from a bear. You couldn't just see the bear and say, oh, look at the bear and run up to the bear. <laughs> you never make it. And even when they saw the bear and laid aim on to the bear to pull the trigger, and they had some powerful guns, they were never to pull the trigger until the guide also had his gun aimed at the bear and ready to pull the trigger in case they missed or they wounded the bear. Because they said the worst thing you can do to a grizzly bear is wound him. You'll make him mad, and he'll come after you. And so they said, you just wait until we say shoot. And then when you shoot, we'll be ready in case you've just wounded him or uh, you miss him. And so they gave those commands, and they said, even once you've shot a bear, and you think he's dead... Now don't you just run up on him. You wait until we make sure. Uh, because we want this to be a successful hunt. So there are commands. And that's true about every area of life. If you're going to enjoy it, you're going to have to follow some commands. You can't just run out here and buy you a car and get you a tank of gas and just start zipping around everywhere you want to zip around. Uh, you've got to follow some commands to even get your license. You've got to take the tests and do all that's involved in that. And then there's all these rules all along the ways that are on these signs that says you have to take your turn before you turn. You have to wait on the light until it is your turn. You have to go a certain speed or you have to be under a certain speed. And, and all of these different things, they're just a... Many commands that just rules over us, but they have to be if we're all going to be able to enjoy the trip. It's going to be chaos on the highways unless everybody obeys the commands. And can I say to you, the Christian life's going to be nothing but confusing chaos. If you get out there and try to figure it all out yourself and do your own little thing, you better halt and wait on a command from God to lead you through the inheritance. There's nothing wrong with the inheritance. The inheritance is perfect. There's just something wrong with me and you. We don't know the way. And so we're going to have to wait on the Lord to get the command so we'll know the directions that we're supposed to take. I'm talking about this inheritance and being guided by commands. Now, we're looking at Joshua chapter number 11 and verse number 15. I want to emphasize these commands. The Bible said, As the Lord commanded Moses, 
his servant. So did Moses command Joshua, and so did Joshua. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses. Now, there are three things that I want to point out to you about the commands of the Christian life or of our inheritance in Christ. First of all, very simply, I notice that the commands that Joshua is supposed to follow and that the priests are supposed to follow, the people are supposed to follow, are divine commands. In other words, they come from God. Now, the word command is written 49 times, translated 49 times in the book of Joshua, but it comes from four different Hebrew words that have four different emphases as to what this word command means. Let me just mention them to you to emphasize this divine command. The first word is found in chapter 15 and verse number 13. This word command has to do with the origin of the commandment. The word command there, if you'd like to read it, chapter 15, verse uh, number 13. The Bible said in the center of that verse, according to the commandment of the Lord. It has to do with the mouth. It has to do with speaking. It, it, in, it indicates the, the organs that bring forth the sound. In other words, the origin. Where did this command come from? Joshua and the children of Israel couldn't just run out and grab any old command and survive in that land. If they're going to survive in that land, the first thing they got to do is they got to make sure that the command came and originated from the mouth of God. And can I say to you tonight that whatever the commands are that rule your life, you need to trace them back and find out if they come from the Lord. And if they don't come from the Lord, junk them, get rid of them. They're going to derail you and get you messed up. Find out where the origin, origin of the commands are that rule your life. There's a lot of folks operating under a lot of commands, but they're not God's commands. And that's the command that we need to find out about, the origin of it. Now the second word that's translated several times, command, in the book of Joshua, has to do with the contents of the command or that which is contained within the command. If God spoke, then we want to know clearly what did he say. We don't want any guesswork in that. If he said to walk around the walls, we don't want to charge the walls, we'll end up in a mess. If he said to destroy everything, we don't want to leave anything alive as they did at Ai, or we don't want to take something that shouldn't be taken uh, that the command said not to, or we're going to end up in a mess. We need to not only be interested in where the command comes from, but we need to be interested in the contents of the command. What is the Lord saying? 
You'd be amazed in the religious systems of this world at how many people are operating under customs and traditions and they've got no idea uh, what the command is all about. That's why we constantly study and read the Word of God and preach the Word of God is because we're interested utmost tonight as to what God's got to say to us about our lives. We can't afford to be confused about it. If we are, we're going to miss the mark. Now there's another word that's found in chapter 1, verse 7, 9, and 10. It's translated command. Looks just like all the other places. But that third word has to do with the charge that is given, expecting a response. In other words, when God gives a command, He's not making a suggestion. He's not implying, nor is He begging or bargaining. God issues commands to be obeyed. When he says it, he means for it to be carried out. Reminds me of my dad when I was a boy. For some strange reason, when he said something, he only wanted to say it once. And if he had to say it twice, and believe me, I've dodged ashtrays, irons, whatever he could get close to. He, when it sizzled by my head, I knew that I'd taken too long as far as the command was concerned. You know, I'm afraid that God, a lot of people think that God's the UN. And He just gives a big old order and then a, a big resolution, but He really don't expect you to do anything about it. And He can't back it up anyhow, so you just go ahead and do what you want to, and He'll follow along later and say, pretty please, pretty please, pretty please. But I'm here to tell you, you know, I've heard some people say, and don't say amen here because it ain't true. I've heard people say that the Lord won't ever make you do anything you don't want to do. But somebody forgot to tell Jonah that. Uh, he's got ways, he's got elements, he's got a, a power uh, to force you into doing what he wants done. But the easiest way is just go ahead and line up. Find out who's saying it, if it's him. Find out what he's saying and then get to it. Now don't argue and debate and fuss about it. Just go ahead and do it. And you'll enjoy the trip if you do so. But if you don't, then you're going to face some hardships along the way. Then the last word that is translated command has to do with the ordinance or the written part of it. It's in chapter number 22, verse 5. He refers back to the ordinance or the command that was getting to Moses. Uh, that which Moses wrote down in the book of Deuteronomy, the book of Numbers, the book of Leviticus, the book of Exodus. It's something that was pre-recorded. And if you go back to Deuteronomy, I mean all the commands about that land were already written down back there, the general commands for them to obey and uh, for them to follow. And so what he's saying is, in this matter of commands, it better be a divine command, first of all. You need to know the origin of it. And you need to understand the content of it. And then you need to go ahead and obey it. And it needs to line up with the Word of God. It'll always line up with what has been written. And I tell you, if you get some kind of chill bump that impresses you to do something, 
that the Word of God's against, then you forget the chill bump and stay with what the Word of God has to say. It has to be a divine command. If you're going to survive, and I'm glad that the Lord's still speaking, aren't you? I'm glad He still speaks to my heart. I've heard Him lately. And I'm glad He still speaks to your heart. I'm glad He still got some blessed commands that's going to help us through winter time, as your pastor said. It's going to get us through the seasons. It's divine commands for you, Joshua. Divine commands for you people. Divine commands for you priests. Divine commands for everybody. You need to find out what the Lord's got to say about the journey. So, uh, this matter of our inheritance, the fullness of what we have in Christ, much like the children of Israel, has to do with being guided by divine commands. Second of all, it has to do with being guided by detailed commands. I'm glad that the Christian life is not a life of guesswork. They didn't go into this land and say, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, Get a plot and let us go. But when they went into that land, there was already a detailed command that said, Judah, you settle up here. And Simeon, you settle down here. And Gad, you settle over here. And went through all of the children of Israel and prospectively told them where to go and where to settle down. And there were some detailed commands. And can I say to you tonight, God's commands are sovereign, but His commands are also simple. The reason why they're sovereign is because he can't afford to let you uh, make the decision in the matter for your own life. Uh, you're too ignorant of all that, uh, the perspective of eternity that's involved in what God's doing in your lives and the lives around you as it was so in this land. One of these days, the very Son of God was going to be born in that land. And God couldn't let them just get in there and play around, do a bunch of guesswork and supposition. He was very detailed in His commands for their lives. And I'm here to tell you, God is very personal. He's very detailed because He's a sovereign God. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows every detail of your life. He knows where He's brought you from. He knows where He's taking you to. And so He knows what to tell you and how to tell you to do it. He's sovereign in His commands because He knows everything about it. He made the way. And thank God He is the way. And He can show us the way. And so he begins with the children of Israel with these commands in chapter number 1. He tells them where to cross the Jordan, when to cross, how to cross, what to do after they crossed. He tells them to march, when to march, how long to march, what to do after they march. He commanded their positions, he commanded their possessions, he commanded their progressions, because God knows best. And honey, when it seems as though that you're headed in a direction that doesn't seem like it's going to pan out, as long as you've had a voice from heaven that has settled you in that place, 
and you've got a command from the Lord that is detailed, then I want you to know you can trust that he does know what's best in your life. And I do believe God's detailed, don't you? I don't think a young lady, as I've already said, has to go around and eeny, meeny, miny, moe about marriage. I think God has a detailed husband. He has one for that girl. I think the same thing is true for that man. He don't have to just go out there in the wilderness of, of women and say, well, I just, you know, as long as I can find one that can do this, do whatever. No, you're going to end up in a mess. You got to wait for a command. You got to hear a detailed voice from God and the Lord will tell you exactly who to marry. I don't think you have to go around church hunting. I think he has a detailed plan for our lives as to where we're supposed to worship. I don't think that you guess about what God wants you to do in his kingdom. I didn't just wake up one morning. Most folks think being a preacher means you wake up one morning craving fried chicken and you don't want to go to work. But it's a little deeper than that. I'll have to confess I have craved fried chicken a morning or two. But that's not what got me to preaching. What got me to preaching is I got a detailed, specific command. I didn't go to God with a smorgasbord of choices about what I was going to do in the kingdom. He came to me with one choice. He said, this is what you're going to do and it's all I want you to do. And you don't have to worry about anything else. Just preach my word. And you see, that makes God's detailed commands not only sovereign, but it makes it simple. If you want to live the simplicity of the Christian life without all of this struggle and worry, the best thing to do is find out what God wants you to do and do it, and the Christian life will be simple. Amen. I kind of relate it to a teenager living at home. You know, that young person can live at home and they get all the, they get the free ride. They get all the milk they want, all the food they want. I mean, they get fed three times a day. Everything's paid for, taken care of. They don't have to sweat about whether the electric bill's going to be paid, the gas bill's taken care of, or somebody's going to come, you know, and take something away because everything's taken care of. The only thing that they're responsible for is when dad comes into the house and he looks over and says, Johnny, carry the trash out. Now, if you want to make life rough in the home, you just sit over there and stub up and say, well, it's Billy's turn. Or I just don't feel like it. Well, it's cold outside, dad. Well, dad knows all of that. He knew that when he told you to carry the trash out. The simple thing to do is just take a minute, get up, get the trash, carry it out. You got some boards, ain't you? (laughs) Carry it out, throw it away, and come back in. And as you come back in, grab you about six cookies and get you a quarter milk and sit down, have it. That's all you had to do anyhow. That makes it easy. A lot of folks think God's sitting on the throne looking down at his young and saying, screaming at them all the time. No, do this, do that. No, he's just got a few simple commands. And if you'll just get with the plan and program, you can enjoy the presence of the Father instead of running out of the room every time he comes in because you're afraid you've done something wrong. Huh? 
That is good preaching. I'm talking about detailed commands. Aren't you glad that the Lord loves you so much that he's willing to include you in his kingdom and to come to you personally and give you a personal word about your personal life that's going to get you through the journey. I'm talking about it's a matter of commands. It's divine commands, and thank God, it is detailed commands. You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to sit around and scratch your head as to how it's going to come out. All you got to do is obey what he tells you to do. And he's got all the rest of it already figured out and already planned out. Thank God. Aren't you glad? Somebody said, I'll tell you what, old Joseph obeyed his daddy and went down there to help his brothers out. Now look what a mess he's in. Oh, he ain't no mess. He's on target. You just think he's in a mess. You can't ever go wrong by obeying the Father. Now, it may seem like you've gone wrong for a time or two, for a spell. It took Joseph 22 years to get out of that, out of that slavery and out of that prison. Not in his mind, in his heart. The whole 22 years, he knew God was in charge. Because he had just obeyed. That's all he did was obey. And because he obeyed, God took him to the throne. Now, honey, you can't go nowhere but up if you're obeying. Even though it seems like you're going down, honey, that's just a shortcut for God to take you up. He's a, you're headed to higher ground anytime you obey because of his, his commands that are divine, his commands that are detailed. But now here's the part of the command that I think we struggle with a lot. And it is what I call the delegated commands. Now, you know, we don't mind playing it spiritual and saying, God told me to do that. But honey, we don't want nobody in between me and God telling us to do anything. <laughs> we don't want that... Middle man telling us anything. And all the time we'll brag about it. Well, I tell you, bless God, I'll do what the Lord tells me to do, but ain't nobody else telling me what to do. Only thing wrong with that is it ain't scriptural. It's just not right. As a matter of fact, as I read the Word of God, especially here in the book of Joshua, but as we make application even over through the New Testament, I find out that every one of God's children are not only under His command, that is a divine command and a, 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 and a detailed command, but God will always send a delegated command into your life. He'll always send a word into your life through somebody else. As a matter of fact, there ought not ever be a time in your life that you're not submissive to an authority that God has placed there that will come through a word. Now, if you'll look back at that verse there in Joshua, the Bible said the Lord commanded Joshua, or commanded Moses, and then Moses commanded Joshua, and then if you'll go back, I think it is to chapter number 7, 
you'll find where uh, Joshua commands the people and uh, he commands the officers and he commands uh, the priests. And it seems as though to me that everybody, every one of the children of Israel that are in uh, this inherited land are under a delegated command. God is commanding through the commandments. Uh, in, in, uh, in chapter number 4, verse 10, For the priests that bear the ark stood in the midst of the Jordan till everything was finished until as the Lord commanded Joshua to speak unto the people according to all that Moses commanded Joshua. And the people hastened uh, to pass over. Uh, they're just, uh, you can read it for yourself as you read through there. Uh, Moses was commanded. He was under commandment. Joshua was under commandment. The officers in chapter 1 verse 10 were under commandment. The priests uh, in chapter 3 verse 8 were under commandment. And the people were under commandment. God commanded Moses, he commanded Joshua, he commanded the people, he commanded the priests, he commanded the officers. And then Moses commanded Joshua, Moses commanded the people, the priests, the officers, and the people. And then Joshua commanded the people, the priests, and the officers. And then the officers commanded the people, and the priests commanded the officers. And It was all the way through there, there is a, a precious delegated authority. Even Jesus himself operated under the Father's command. He said, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in love even as I have kept my Father's commandment. And I don't need to take the night to preach on this, just a few verses to remind you of these delegated commands that are found in the Word of God. The Bible says, wives, you are to be under subjection to your husbands. There is a delegated command, is it not? And if you mess with that, you're going to mess up the journey in your inheritance. Uh, the scripture said, children, obey your parents in the Lord. There is a delegated authority. Uh, the Bible says to all of us that we are to submit one to another. There is that delegated authority where God will give a word to somebody else for your life to help you. And don't worry about it. Don't feel bad about it. Because anytime God sends a word from somebody else to you, ultimately, He's going to send a word from you to somebody else. Now, this is not a matter of big dog, little dog. It's a matter of God getting to command you, and I'm here to tell you, I don't care how he gets the word to me, I just want the word he's got for me. And I have long since ceased to feel the need to have to preach every time I go to church. Matter of fact, it don't bother me not to preach. As long as when I go, God has spoken a word a definite word to my heart or somebody's heart through some channel. And you know how it is. Sometimes it might be through a testimony. 
that somebody will testify and God will take over that service through that testimony and he'll speak a clear word. And I've sat on the front seat many times when God would speak through a song, a message. And that message was so clear, the Holy Ghost would say to my heart, I've done said all I need to say, I don't need you tonight. And I knew the word was spoken. Or it may have come through a prayer. Who knows? When we come together to the house of God, we don't need to come dictating to God as to the channel He's going to speak through. But we need to come with open ears and open hearts to listen to the command and for the command whatever channel that He may choose to work through. It may be a Moses. It may be a Joshua. It may be one of the people. It may be one of the priests. It, 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 it may be one of the authorities. Who knows? But who cares? I don't care if I get the word through the preacher or if it comes through you. As long as I get the word, it is a delegated command. And oh, how we need to listen. And this is where we've missed it so often. We don't want anybody else telling us what to do. But it may be, and I'm not talking about somebody just hovering over you and pointing their finger down to you, and it may not come in that spirit. Uh, the Lord may send somebody, who knows where the message may come from. Amen. You remember Naaman in the Old Testament had the leprosy and that dreaded disease, and he was there at the house in his kingdom, and there's a little old Jewish-made girl uh, that spoke to him, just a young girl that said, uh, if my master would go up to the man of God, he'd have a word for him and he could be healed. <laughs> it came through a little old girl, eight or ten years old, twelve, who knows how old she was. And old Naaman went up there. Prophet didn't even go out to speak to him. He got pretty upset, a man of his statue, that, that, that he'd be shunned like that. And the man of God sent him a word through somebody else and said, you go down there and dip seven times in the Jordan, everything will be made whole. He sort of bucked against that. Another one of his servants sent a word into his heart and said, listen, uh, you know, this is a simple thing. If he'd asked you to do something big, wouldn't you have done it? He said, well, I would have. He said, well, why don't you do this simple word, this simple command? And all God's commands are simple. He ain't going to tell you nothing big to do. It'll all be little. Don't worry about it. And he got a word. He got a word from the maid. He got a word a couple of times from his servants. And finally, he did what the word said, and he came out, thank God, whole. And my emphasis is, who cares where the word may come from? God may use an old sinner to speak to your heart. You can't never tell. He may use a preacher. He may use a dear old saint. I've often heard young preachers as I was at one time, believe it or not. And when a young preacher stand and preach, I've seen in the eyes of people as they thought to themselves, well, you know, he ain't been far enough along. I don't know that I need to listen to what he's got. Honey, you ain't listening to what he's got to say. You're listening to a divine word from heaven. 
has nothing to do with the man. It has to do with the authority of God's word. And he may use a little 16-year-old preacher to preach a word to your heart that may deliver you or one of your young'uns if you'll just listen to the delegated command that's going to help you down the road. Joshua said, listen, you're going to have to do this. Priest said, listen, you're going to have to do this. Uh, the, the authority said, listen, you're going to have to do this. The people said, listen, you're going to have to do this. And that chain of command came down. And as long as they obeyed the chain of command, everything was all right. But once you began to rebel against the word that comes from God, no matter where the chain of command is, then honey, you've messed things up for yourself. But thank God for the word. Many times God has sent a precious word into my life because I was listening and it came through a source that I'd have never expected. He shipped a word to my heart. I was sitting in a church one night that I went to to preach, sitting on the front seat. My full intention was that I was coming to give them a word. While I was sitting there, Brother Van, the pastor of that church got up, opened up, and he just started talking. And he was uh, giving prayer requests and things of that nature. Not even intended uh, to speak a word to anybody, just practical things. And while I was sitting there, I'm going to tell you a big old word came out of that man and shot as a dart right into my heart. And I was looking down, and I tell you, meditating on what I was going to preach. And the Holy Ghost said, did you hear that? I said, I sure did. He said, that's for you. Now, I don't think anybody else in that building heard what that man had to say on that, on that occasion for what he was talking about. Because, I, But I'm here to tell you, I heard it, and I understood it clearly because it was a word to my heart. And the Lord said, I got a word for you right here and this is what I want you to do. And if you'll obey that word, it'll prove itself out down the road. You'll be glad you did. (laughs) And I'm here to tell you, I went and did what that word told me to do. And I couldn't tell you, begin to tell you the blessings that has flown out of the obedience of a word that that preacher to this day doesn't know that he said anything to me. He doesn't even have a clue he said anything to me. But it seemed as though that for a year after that command that God gave me, it was a command, because every time God gives you a command, honey, it ain't to show you that he's God or he's uh, on the throne or he's, he's God. It's because he wants to bless you. He wants to bless you through that command. If you'll obey that command, just find out what the command is. Somebody said, well, I hadn't had a command lately. Well, what did he tell you to do the last time he talked to you? Whatever that was, just keep doing that. And he'll bless you through that, whatever it was. But I received a command and uh, obeyed that command and God blessed me through that command. And I'm going to tell you here, if the children of Israel are going to enjoy this land and the blessings of this land, then they're all going to have to listen not only to divine commands and not only to detailed commands, but thank God they're going to have to listen to delegated commands. I'm here to try to tell you tonight, keep your ears and keep your heart open, listening for a blessed command that is not grievous, 
Because it may be that that command which comes your way, however God sends it, will be the difference in your life tomorrow or down the road. How precious those commands are. And I thought about Elijah. The Lord sent a word to him and said, Get over there by the brook, I'll send the ravens. He said, I commanded, have not I commanded the ravens? The same God that commands you is the same God that commands the storms, the winds, the seas, the elements, and nature itself. And if you come in harmony to his command, he'll bring everything else into harmony to that command. And you know that you're working smoothly under the command of God. You see, the truth of the matter is, before you can ever come over, you're going to have to come under. You'll have to get under the commands of God. But aren't you glad that the Lord has a command for you? A detailed, divine, delegated command that I promise you will get you through in the journey. And it'll make the trip sweet. And it'll help you to enjoy your inheritance. Just do what he tells you to do. They did what he told them to do at at uh, Jericho is a blessed time. They didn't do what he told them to do at Ai, and it was a tough time. But they got forgiveness and got back on track and did what he told them to do the rest of the way and how God mightily blessed him. And I want to say to you tonight, God wants to bless your life and my life. And he's got a great big old gigantic inheritance, immeasurable inheritance. Nothing wrong with the inheritance, but if you're going to enjoy it, you're going to have to be guided by the commands. Listening to the authority of God's Word. And the songwriter said it well when he said, Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but all you can be if you'll just trust and obey somebody said Josh that's a big land as we preach there's a lot of enemies and a lot of giants but the Lord said to Joshua fear not you just obey my command and I'll take care of the journey